Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and why do we fear change in our life? Because we love to get into a routine where we don't have to think about it. We can just do the same thing every day, and yet everything around us changes. Life changes, technology changes, and God has changes in our life, always aimed toward a better day in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sound intriguing? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I began a two-parter yesterday called Change is Forever. And uh, we have to understand something. It's just part of life. It's going to change, you know, in our lives forever until the day we die, go to heaven, and then one day get a resurrection body. But until that time, we'll go through some changes in heaven. God won't, we will. And uh, so, I mean, we'll see the judgment seat of Christ and our works will be judged and all that. So what's going to happen is we just have to get used to change. And uh, we've been talking about it yesterday. I kind of ended up in this respect, but you say, but I'm the Lord. I change not Malachi chapter three. And Jesus Christ in Hebrews is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I understand that. But Malachi 3, 6 is God speaking, saying, I am the Lord, I don't change. It doesn't say Bob is the Lord and Bob doesn't change. No, God never changes because he's perfect. I'm not. On my road to perfection, there's changes, there's turns, there's curves. I change places. I move on to other things. Changes occur in leadership around me. Changes occur in my own leadership. Changes occur in my job. All these things, and we have to just basically learn to embrace change. If you don't change, you camp and become stagnant. Change is your friend. It helps pinpoint your location, and without change, basically, you have no job in life, because if literally, if everything was perfect around you, and you got to a place where it's perfection, then why have it? Why have any change in there? It's that everything around us changes. There's changes in music, technology, education. But again, in the church, we seem to fight change. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse 18 says this, we all with an open face looking as into a mirror to the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Didn't say the Holy Spirit changes, doesn't say the Lord changed. As we look into the word of God, the mirror of the glory of God, as we stay there, we're changed into the very image as God is. We're changed into his image. He's perfection. In other words, he doesn't change and get better tomorrow. He can't get better. He's perfect, but we need to change. We want change in our own life if it's toward the better. We want to change when it comes to spiritual growth. We want divine healing in our life when we're sick, and we want natural blessings to come when we're low on finances or our home needs repair or whatever. That's great when that happens. We want those kind of changes. We also want changes to happen in other people, and we even preach it in church. We want sinners to become saints. We want them to accept Jesus. We want the sick people to be healed, and those that are carnal out of fellowship with God, we want their joy restored and their fellowship with God restored, but we hate to face change in our own routine of life. We don't want a new pastor to come to church. We don't like the fact we're singing a new song this week. We don't want to change seats. If you walk in and somebody's sitting in your seat, my Lord, I mean, you know, Katie, bar the door. You're so angry at them, you know, and that anger inside. But the point of it is, what does it matter what seat you're sitting in? You know, well, I'm just used to that seat. And when church leadership in any department changes, we often get upset whether it's in the music department, whether it's in the children's church or youth department, especially if we have a child in the children's department, a youth in the youth department, and they love the leader before, we somehow get this idea it will never be as good. No, God changes to make things better. 
and things are better everywhere around us. And we look in nature, we look around us at the at the at our uh, cities we live in. If we look at all the changes in technology and all that, it's much better today. But boy, I can tell you this: I fought it when cell phones came out. I fought it when all the things about the internet came out. And you know what, now that I've learned to use it, it's a blessing. So these changes that come along, we're actually changing toward the better in those cases and God also does the same thing. We ended yesterday with Psalm 55, 19. Great verse of scripture, write this down, mark it, how powerful this verse is. Psalm 55, 19 says this in the King James, God will hear and will afflict them. Why? He who abides from old, because they have no changes. Therefore, they do not fear God. The NIV says this, men who never change their ways have no fear of God. The New Living Translation, because they refuse to change their ways, they do not fear God. And the ESV says exactly the same thing, because they do not change, they do not fear God. When you refuse change, you stop your journey no longer reverencing God. You resist change because you want to remain in control. If things don't change, you begin to take more and more control and you become comfortable in that. But when you embrace change, you recommit your trust in God. Change is a natural part of life. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 15 says this, to everything, that's natural, there is a season and a time for every purpose. This is spiritual under heaven. There are natural things that happen in life, but there's seasons to it. And then every spiritual purpose under the heaven for our life, it changes also. There is a season to each one of them and seasons come to an end. A season with this pastor comes to an end. A season with the new one comes along. A season with this youth director comes to an end. This one takes over. The same thing with music, whatever it may be. The same thing with bosses where you work. The same with thing with your with your body. It changes over time. But though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. You lose your looks on the outside, but increase your looks on the inside. This is all a part of God's plan. So it says in verse one again, to everything natural, there is a season, but to every purpose spiritual under heaven, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Life only lasts so long. And there comes a time when it's time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Again, when you plant something and later on you had to pull it up and put another one down because not every root comes back up a second time. Some do, some don't. Verse three, a time to kill and a time to heal. This is uh, in times of battle, in times of, uh, in your own nation where you have capital punishment, uh, self-defense. There are proper times to kill, but there's also times to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Again, there's times to tear things down. I mean, how often do we fight? This is a landmark in our city. Don't tear it down. And so somebody comes in, but you got to do something with it because you can't leave it as it was in 1921. You have to rebuild it now for 2000 and whatever year, you know, it happens to be. So again, there's a time to build it up, either tear it down and completely rebuild it or renovate it from the outside and the inside in to where there's a look of the old, but you walk in, it's modern and up to date. A time to weep and a time to laugh, verse four. A time to cry, a time to dance. Verse five, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get or to gain, and a time to lose. I mean, there's, listen, there's some things in your life you need to lose. How often do you clean your closet out? You need to go through in your, in your garage, go clean some things out, throw it away, or take it to Goodwill or someplace or give it away. A time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, 
a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has he who works in his labors? I have seen the burden which God has given to the sons of men to be busy in it. All it's saying is folks, get used to it. Every area of life changes, whether it's natural or spiritual, whether it's natural things around you or spiritual progress, there's times to put away things. Back when I was first, you know, uh, became a teacher at, at Rama Bible Training Center. I was into racquetball. I was also into bowling. I was on a bowling league with a, with a, with a group of people I used to work with and stayed in that. Even, and even though I was gone from that job, I still went back and bowled with them. And man, it frustrated me if I didn't get at least, you know, a certain score. I didn't make constant 200s, but man, I, you know, I had some good, good. And in racquetball, I became at least a B-level player. I wasn't quite an A-level player, but man, I was good. And others around me told me how good I was because I played it all the time. But you know what happened over a period of time? I don't play racquetball anymore. It's not that important part in time of my life. And when I first gave it up, it's like, oh man, but I knew it was time to give it up. And so when it came to bowling, you know, I found my bowling ball one day in the back of the closet and I looked at it and thought, man, I bet I couldn't even, you know, I bet I, if I threw it now, I'd, gutter, I'd get gutter balls all the time. But you know what? I don't care. It doesn't mean that much to me anymore. Change comes because we pass from one degree to another and things back there were important at the time. They're no longer important. These are not sins. You should stop sinning immediately. But there's also things in your life that it says in chapter 12 of Hebrews, they're the weights in your life. Set aside the weights and the sin that does so easily beset us. Some things in life that used to be okay now become a weight to us. You know, there's certain, I, I used to subscribe to car magazines. I used to I love to have old muscle cars and I, I see two they're fixed up and, and keep them for a while. I love that, but you know what? I'd still like to see them drive down the street today, but I can tell myself, thank God I don't own those things anymore. They were a constant pain to keep up and to constantly keep in repair. And so I'm glad it's gone. They're, those things have gone, but you know what? I'm happier today than I've ever been. I'm more settled today than I've ever been. I'm more fulfilled today than I have ever, ever been. Why? Because when change came, I went ahead and went with it. I didn't say I didn't gripe about it in some cases. I didn't say I didn't resist it sometimes. But there comes a time you have to lay aside something else. Change allows you to prepare for something new coming, and it also opens you up for inspiration. And you realize, I don't know everything. I still need to learn. Leaders exist for change. Without change, you have no job. Businesses which do not change die. One man in our church, when the internet came along and, and they could have desktop publishing, this guy owned a publishing company with giant web printers. And he said, I don't believe that. I think it's a passing fad. And today his business is gone. It's a dinosaur. And he admits it. I didn't change when I should have changed. And he admitted it. I was older. I didn't want to change. I want to stay with what we had before. Change allows you to truly find out where you are. It is your personal locator. The enemy of change is tradition. Tradition kills creativity. Move on from the former things. God's doing something new today and you need to understand it. Verse 11, out of that passage in chapter three of Ecclesiastes, that's talking about change says in verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything has a time period, but after a while, it's no longer beautiful because it's past its time and you need to be opened up to something else. Also, he has set eternity in their heart. Understand from where I am now until the time I step into heaven and into eternity, there is going to be change. Everything will be beautiful in my life, but it's only for a time. What was beautiful 20 years ago, some of them aren't beautiful today. Some things don't change in my life, but other things do. As I study the word of God, I change. 
As I come into praise and worship with God in times of prayer, I change. God doesn't change. He doesn't need to change. I need to change. But there are certain things in my life that have not changed. My salvation, it's as as 100% today as it was the moment I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. My position in Christ is just as same today as it was back then. Some things don't change. But the daily change that comes to my life is so I can grow in him. Spiritually, I was born again, but mentally, the renewing of the mind, that's a day-by-day process, and you should be changing daily when it comes to your attitude of the walk of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna speak very quickly before halftime comes along and tell you, for all those who are partners with me, thanks. For those watching for the first time, welcome. For those who are coming maybe for third, fourth, fifth time, welcome back. But there comes a time when you begin to realize something, you're connected to me. Not every one of you will be, but there's a connection in our heart. With that connection in the heart, I simply ask you, would you become a partner with me? Make that inward part, that connection in the heart, an outward connection where you begin to support me on a monthly basis. I Listen, I need God's power. I'm thankful for God's word, but still can't be done without people around me to help me. Even Jesus' ministry was sustained by people around him, including a great number of women that supported him. So go to my website, bobyandian.com. Find out how you can become a partner with me. I look forward to it. See you right after the break. As we travel through life, many Christians can become sidetracked from a walk of simple faith in God and begin complicating their faith by engaging in legalistic works of the flesh, all the while thinking that they are in faith. Then when things begin to go wrong, they wonder, what has happened to my faith? Am I missing something? In this series, Pastor Bob Yandian encourages believers to continue in the simple daily progression of faith. Five audio messages include Hindsight is 2020, It's Time to Grow Up, Learning Through Suffering, Don't Complicate Your Miracle, and Faith's Destination. To order The Walk of Faith, visit our website at bobyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on part. We're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and talk about all the changes that come in life. And in verse 11, this is where we left off at the end of the first half of the broadcast, he has made everything beautiful in its time. 
There's a time period that comes to an end. Also, he has set eternity in their heart. So we need to look at changes around us, but also understand we're headed toward a destination. And that destination in my heart is the fact that one day I will no longer be on the earth. I will be in heaven and I'll be there in spirit form until I get a resurrection body. After that will still come some more changes as I go through the judgment seat of Christ. Then after that, forever and forever with God. So that until that time, count on it. Everything in my life that can happen can be beautiful, but it's only got a time period. And then it's over. And the next thing that comes along can become beautiful too. There's a change of direction. You know, if you go to from driving from here to Chicago, you know what? You're not going to go straight. There's, there's turns that come in the road. And life is nothing but constant repair and change, change and repair, adjust and repair. All that through, especially the Christian life, adjust, repair, adjust, repair. Life doesn't go, you know, uh, life goes more like a car. In other words, instead of just going straight all the time, constantly to stay in your lane, you're doing this. And there's minor changes that come in life, but there's also some major ones come that you come to a corner and you turn, you come to a big curve and you turn. And uh, so this is what happens. So God has set that again. He has made everything beautiful in its time. It goes on to say, he has set eternity in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. God is simply saying, you have to trust him and trust his Holy Spirit and trust his word. There comes revelation of the word in your life where you need to sit there and go, you know what? I've been wrong all this time. But instead of bucking up, instead of getting upset and saying, no, I'm not gonna change and getting filled with pride, no, you decide, I'm gonna change today. If the word says this, I'm gonna do it. There's times the Holy Spirit speaks to you. There's also times when circumstances just change. God's in control behind it, but you can't see it. And those are times we usually get upset. History is divided into time period. That's called changes. God puts dispensations into his plans toward his eternal kingdom that's coming up. That's called changes. We need to understand that every change takes us closer to our destination. And that destination is to be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. He's perfect. I'm not. I'm headed toward perfection. I'm not there yet. I have to see change in my life because perfection won't come until I deal with change and go with it and flow with it. Verse 12, I know there's nothing better for them but to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. What's this verse saying? What should your attitude be during times of changes? Whenever you're going through a change spiritually, a change naturally, a change in leadership around you, the pastor stepping down, a new one stepping in, your boss is leaving, a new boss is coming in, a leadership in some organization you're a part of is changing, a new one's coming in, the bank president stepped down, you've always known him, now another president comes in and you're not sure you wanna change. Instead of rebelling, what should you do? This verse says we should eat and drink, enjoy the good, of all the, our labor and the gift of God. What's this verse saying? Instead of getting upset, throw a party, have a pizza, continue to enjoy life. God made everything to be enjoyed. And listen, if there's something better coming on the other side, hallelujah for it. I'm gonna rejoice until then, enjoy myself instead of getting concerned, worried, and getting all uh, beside myself thinking, what am I gonna do? You'll know when the time comes what you're supposed to do. Keep following God. Continue to enjoy life because why? God made everything to be enjoyed. Look at verse 14. I know that whatever God does, it endures forever, but nothing can be added to it nor nothing taken away from it. And God does it. That is, he brings changes in the midst of all this so that men should fear or be reverent before him. Again, the verse we said out of Psalms was this. 
If you don't commit to change, then you don't fear God. You have really taken the role from God as leadership of your life and taken it on yourself. In other words, you like this self-control and you're used to it being a certain way and you don't change. I mean, there's people out there, you see them, they haven't changed those clothes for many, many years, haven't changed their hairstyle for many, many years. They're driving cars they drove many, many, many years ago. And there's nothing wrong with that except for the fact they don't want to change. I mean, there's certain old cars I like. I've told you about cars. And I guess if I had one that the engine would never fail in it, like newer cars, and and basically it's called a resto mod. You just take the old body and stick it on. Everything else is new. The transmission, the the engine, the you know, all the brakes and everything, the frame and everything is new. That would be fine. But on the other hand, no, I don't want to drive an old car just because I'm too stingy to buy something new or I don't want to change. I was in a club one time. The guy said they haven't built a decent car since the 1960s. I said, are you crazy? Points, remember points in a car? You change those things. I mean, you slam the door back then, the door going like this. New cars are tighter. And I said, by the time you reached 100,000 miles, you had to overhaul the engine. Cars today go 300, 400, 500,000 miles. And I said, you may pay more for it, but the quality today has is increased greatly. Why would you want to go back and just gripe because you liked it back there? There was styling back there, but not necessarily the quality. Things have got better. And that's the way it is with God. Not everything in this world has got better. Many things have got worse. But with God, everything gets better. With every change, God leads you to a brand new, every day is a brighter day leading toward the time when we will be standing with God in heaven. So quit griping, pull out the pizza, pull out the Pepsi and have yourself a good time. Invite some friends over and simply rejoice because you're going to flow with change. At the end of this change, your life will be better. The leadership will be better. The church will be better. Your job will be better. All these things going. If God is really in control of my life, then things are going to be better at the end. God will lead me from glory to glory. Changes in our lifetime have happened many times in history. And so we have to look back on it. You say, yeah, but all this stuff about climate change. Listen, the climate has changed in the past and we may see greater things today and times here and there, but you know what? Climate change we, we talk about it and all that, but you know what? Really, the earth is, is continually headed toward a better time, not a worse time. So what are we supposed to do? Well, don't fear change. This is the whole essence of what I'm talking about. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Our church will change. My job will change. Our family's going to change. You know, uh, uh, so uh, my child's leaving, going to college. The family's going to change. Listen, change is part of life. Your church has always changed and you will change many more times. Probably those of you who are there, you try to chase, try, trace the church back to its origin. And by now you have the third or fourth pastor of the church. And it's going to change if you if you live any longer and watch it long enough, you'll see change. The pastor you have now will probably step down. Some other one internally will step in or somebody from the outside is going to step in. And in the case, again, where Moses in the beginning turned it over to Joshua, things got better. Elijah, Elijah turned over to Elisha, things got better. It's always this way in the word of God, unless some carnal person comes in or somebody that fails the Lord, but that wasn't God's plan in the first place. But yet God does set people in and we need to flow with change. So change is not new. Nothing happens that has not happened before. What is to come has happened before. What are you going through right now? It's happened thousands of times to others in the past. If Jesus does not come soon, change will happen to others thousands of times in the future and change is going to happen to you thousands of times in the future. God desires us to look at the past for faith and for hope for the future. All the things you're dreading around you, look at your past. Have you gone through changes? 
Has God taken care of you? Yes. Has God watched over you? Yes. Has God been in control? Yes. Well, then what makes you think things are going to happen now different? We all think that way. There was times in our church, I am the third pastor. I was the third pastor of the church. My son took over after me. He was the fourth pastor of the church. The first one was there for five years. He, he changed and went to the mission field. And a lot of people said the church will never be the same. And there was a lot of crying and weeping because we loved that pastor. The second pastor came along and took us up to a new plateau, especially in the area of teaching on on family. The first pastor was great on evangelism and studying the word of God and the things of God, but the next one, his major thing was on family. And boy, did we get some changes in there and families became more stable. He said he was gonna be there for a number of years, but he was there for a year and a half. And so he left and I came in as pastor. I took them to another level. Again, every leader takes you out of one place into another. The next leader takes you out of that place into another. So again, Moses took him out of Egypt into the, into the desert. From the desert, then uh, Joshua took them into the promised land. We're the same way. We go from one place to another and change becomes a part of life. But with each change we accept, God handles it. It may not look like it's better. You may gripe about it in the beginning, but hang in there. You know, if in your church, you know, there's a change of pastors and the church did not make a good decision with the next one coming along. There's other churches in town that you can go to, but find one that again, agree. You'll, God will lead you. God will guide you. Some of the best testimonies I heard was people walked into our church after coming to Tulsa. Some came to go to ORU. Some came to go to Rama and other places and universities in Tulsa. And they came and they thought, you know, there's plenty of churches in Tulsa. I'll just try a different one every week. I had one couple that came into our church. They had tried one church the week before and they said, let's go to that church next week. They walked in and praise and worship hadn't even started. The moment they walked through the door, they said, this is where we're supposed to be. Didn't hear a sermon yet. Didn't hear the praise and worship. They just walked in and knew this was where they were supposed to be. That's the Holy Spirit's guidance and leading in everything in life, but especially when it comes to a church. So again, quit trying to make a church your way, flow their way. And I'm not saying there's even a perfect church. Nothing in life is perfect, but you keep changing more and more toward that in your own personal life, even though the earth around you is not as perfect today as it used to be. And there's things headed toward, but the perfect one is coming. His name is Jesus Christ. He will rule and reign over this earth one day. But the point of it is in your own personal life, begin to accept change, knowing it's going to happen and God will bless you in the days to come. But God's guidance comes to you because why every day becomes brighter in your life as you've been listening to what I've been teaching. I trust now you've been looking at yourself. And although, you know, you may not like it, but you can learn around you. Maybe you're the only one watching this TV. So, you know, the others aren't seeing your anger toward change. Why don't you repent? Ask God to forgive you and say, Lord, whatever changes are coming into my life, whatever new directions you have for me, it will enhance what I'm called to. But Lord, I realize something. I can't live in this all the time. There's got to be changes that come into my life to bring me finally to that place that in the word of God, you called a high calling. Paul reached his high calling. A high calling is where you do very little effort and you, change, and you affect more people than ever. Paul ended up in prison, much like a man that rises in an organization from the bottom, working with the uh, maintenance crew to going to the mail department, going to this middle management, upper management, finally one day ends up being the president of the corporation. He makes one decision that affects thousands of people at that time. Sitting behind a desk, he can affect thousands of lives. Paul ended up in prison. And you know what he did? He wrote books that are still here today in prison. He affected millions and billions of life even into today. That's what happens when you accept change. So again, the only thing that's permanent is change. 
probably. Other things in life, same thing. You're going to have change, family change, job changes, position changes, attitude changes are important. That when you see change coming, you say, Lord, I accept it. I'm gonna flow with it because you have something better coming for me. All I can say is thanks for watching today. I hope this program changed you and you'll accept the change. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.